0: Right. Hey, everybody. I am here with Kim Pangaro from Atomic Mommy. She is joining us today to talk about the realities of motherhood and why it's important to share realistic motherhood online and then playing or factoring humor into all of it. She's an amazing Mom, an amazing blogger. She has a wonderful Instagram feed that will have you cracking up. You should definitely make sure you check it out. We'll share all of her information below in the show notes or if you're watching this on Facebook, we'll make sure you have access to it. This is the Holy Healthy Mama podcast where moms show up to live their healthiest lives. In season two, we are going to put a hard stop Of feeling uncomfortable in your skin for one day or one second longer if you ask me god has a beautiful plan for each and every one of us it's time to lean into that plan take messy action and show the heck up for yourself oh and who am i i'm kristen noriega your host registered dietitian nutritionist mom weight loss expert military spouse and mom of three let's do this friend Before we get to this interview with Kim, two things. One, I totally rebranded my podcast cover and changed the name and all of that. And not until this episode have I gone back to listen to my intro and realized that is still out of date. <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> Whatever. Imperfection. I will fix that coming up shortly. ASAP, however we want to look at it. So this is the Babyweight Nutritionist Podcast and I wanted to remind you that there is the Master Easy Meals mini course for all of you moms out there who feel like you need easier, simpler, healthier meals. So this is just focusing on streamlining that process. It's going to help you figure out a system that works for your house. So I'm not going to tell you what works for me. I'm not going to tell you what works for Sally down the street. I'm going to help you figure out exactly how to get meals serving you, serving your family, serving your body in a way that, you know, just feels good and easy. So that Master Easy Meals mini course is linked below, and um, yeah, just a small reminder. So if you are as excited as I am about this interview with Kim, then let's do this. How are you doing today, Kim?
1: Really good. Thank you, Kristen, for having me. I really appreciate it. Hi, everybody.
0: <laughs> good, good. Okay, so this might be a little awkward for you, but I'm going to go ahead and read your bio real quick. Okay. So Kimberly lives in northern New Jersey and is married to a police officer. Thank you for both of your service. They have four wonderful daughters and a beloved family dog. She's the owner and founder of the lifestyle parenting blog Atomic Mommy. She created the site to help other parents feel empowered, confident, and supported through their parenting journeys. When Kimberly is not being a mom, wife, or mompreneur, she's writing her own stories inspired by her family's adventures. She self-published a children's picture book titled When You're Strange, and it can be ordered on her website, www.atomicmommy.net. Is <laughs> so you. Anything else we should know about you right off the bat? Um,
1: no, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. I'm, I am you know, busy. <laughs> I'm yep. sure you know, yep. and I'm sure all the moms out there can can totally uh, relate to that situation. <laughs> yeah, doing
0: all the things. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we are all busy. <laughs> and how old are your kids? I see a lot of your content. It talks about teenagers, and I've seen some of the videos with them in it, like singing a breakup song, and stuck <laughs> like in my head. <laughs> Yes.
1: So I have a wide range of ages. Um, My oldest is 15. um, Then the next girl, she is 13. I have a seven-year-old and then my youngest is four.
0: Okay. So 15 down to four.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Awesome. Awesome. What age has been the hardest for you so far? Oof.
1: Um, um, I don't want to single out any child because they tend to listen to everything I do. They're very supportive. Um, they're always talking about how their mom is like insta famous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say they've each had their own challenging phases. Yeah. I'll say I'll say that.
0: <laughs> okay. I I like that because sometimes you hear parents um, you know crapping all over their kids online, and it's like you know someday <laughs> they're gonna be able to find this right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, mine, mine
1: find it every day. (laughs) They share it with their friends. And it's pretty funny, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And what kind Um, of dog do you have? I'm sorry. Oh, I have a um, border collie half lab. She's actually really smart. She's a little bit too smart sometimes. (laughs) Like your fifth child. She's more like my best friend, um, especially when my best friend has gone MIA and I need someone to talk to. She's literally by my side.
0: <laughs> yeah, I <like>
1: that. <laughs> yeah, I love her.
0: <laughs> okay, well, <clears throat> thanks again for being here with us. Let's kind of dive into what we're supposed to be talking about today. Um, okay. So you do a lot of parenting advice on your blog you know, if you could just like right off the bat, I guess we kind of already did some other stuff, but, you know, tell us what you stand for, you know, why are you online? Why do you have that social media presence? Um, okay. So, um,
1: it actually, it all started for a totally different reason. If I'm going to be honest, um, about a year ago, um, I faced COVID and pneumonia. Um, And I thought I was going to die. If I'm going to be honest, I thought I was going to die. I know it's morbid. And I was like, oh, my God, I have no legacy for my kids to to like pass on or to look up to as a role model. I had always wanted to be a writer. Um, So I was like, oh, let me be a writer. But all of my stuff kept getting rejected. And there was really no place for a mom who was a stay at home mom for so many years to get published. Nobody sees a mom as someone who can really be a CEO when she runs her own household, you know, and I'm sure, you know, we do a lot of things that CEOs do. Um, we run a household, we run a budget, we finance, we, we, we time schedule. We, we do so many different things that businesses do, that business owners do. Um, and so that's how the whole social media started and, and the writing started. But then I realized that a lot of my mom friends kept asking me, how do you do All of that. How do you handle your kids? How do you, how do you do this? How do you do that as a family, as a wife? And I realized that there are a lot of women who just want honest parenting tips and guides that I could help with because I have four and I was running a household and I was married um, and I did go through a divorce with my first husband and I thought well you know what I might I am an honest person so I might as well share the wealth of knowledge why not it doesn't matter to me I've already gone through it yeah. um, and so that's how it led into the parenting blog and um, I, I just loved it I love that feeling of sharing and helping others and and wanted to give back to the parenting community, especially since when I was younger, I had my first daughter at 21. Mm-hmm. I felt so alone. Uh, I just felt like there was n- not much out there. It was only like WebMD um, or medical advice, um, but not much in the way of finding real community to, to grab a hold of.
0: Mm-hmm. And So that's how it all started. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone who's been there done that and will tell you like what it's going to look like in the messy and what it's going to look like on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you said you want to leave a legacy that is super important. And like, my kids are still really young. But now that's something that's kind of like coming to mind, like, I get to create and to help them create their story, you know, the thing they're going to build their lives on. And it's just really powerful. So that's awesome.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's important. I think a legacy is, is really important. And our children Will definitely look back and be like, wow, my mom was powerful. My mom was awesome. And through everything, she didn't just struggle, she thrived.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about like that realistic motherhood side of it. Like, you know, if we go, like, I try to do this too, where it's like, you know, if you're going to try to be healthy, you don't want to do it in this way where you're setting yourself up for failure. If you try to do it perfectly and you're on this trajectory, you're going to fall short. You're going to fall off and it's not going to happen. So can you tell me what, like, how that impacts what you do and the message you want to bring to other moms about realistic motherhood?
1: Um, So my thing is um, talk to your kids as much as possible. Always let them know the truth, even about things you think they don't understand, they actually understand. Um, Down to my four-year-old. Um, there have been things I wish I would have probably said to my older daughters during my first uh, marriage, um, to help them cope with the divorce Mm -hmm. that, uh, I now understand that they definitely knew what was going on because they say things to me. Now we have an open dialogue now, um, that I didn't know I could have with them back then. And they're the ones who have taught me to do that with them. Um, as teenagers, I should say, really, they taught me to do that with them. And so now with my younger daughters, I'm able to give them a lot better. So uh, for for parenting and open motherhood, I think it's really important to be ourselves, to be honest with our kids, um, and to share that kind of feedback with other parents as well. Mm-hmm. I think we're taught in society that we should hide our flaws, try to be Like this perfect mom out there all the time and be happy, go lucky. But then we're also teaching our daughters to do that as well with their children. And it's like a generational curse almost, but we're just continuing that whole cycle. And it's not like attainable. We can't continuously do that. They're going to see us at our worst. And we have to show them how we power through that. Otherwise, they're going to think it's a fairy tale, a storybook that just ends. And they don't see the aftermath of that. And so I thought it was really important to bring that forth and to show them the steps to get through it all and how to get to the end and how to see the light at the end of the tunnel and that there is another side to that tunnel.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So what does that
0: open dialogue look like? Do you like... I mean, the most basic form, are you just, is, is it just that they're comfortable coming to you with everything or have you like set some, you know, like this is our time to have this conversation? What does that look like? <laughs> <about>? <laughs>
1: um,
0: I wouldn't say it as it's as formal as that. It could definitely get
1: as formal as you want it to, to each his own, you know? Um, so I'll give you an example of some recent conversations. Um, uh my daughter, my 13 year old recently made a statement to me that I felt where I was a a failure as a mother per se. Mm -hmm. Um, She mentioned that if you have an abortion, that means you're a bad mom. And I was like, is that a statement that you're making to me? Is that your personal belief or is that a question? Mm -hmm. And she was like, well, I don't know. I'm not sure I've, I've heard that. And I'm like, well, where did you hear that? Is that something that you heard at your family's house like at your dad's house because on his side is very religious you know um versus on my side we're very more like you know women's rights
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and she's like i don't really remember i said okay scratch that why don't you have a conversation about um why you feel how you feel mm-hmm. and let's try to figure out what we could do to, to help you along and understand that yeah. so that was like the most recent conversation we had to try to help her understand her thought process, where it came from, and help guide her towards a thought process that would help her make an informed decision. Yes, I don't. I didn't want her to continuously grow up thinking that everything has to be based one sided. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to judge her or make her feel like her thought process was also wrong. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a really tight rope to walk. Um, and at the same time, I felt like, did I not have that conversation with her? Was that a milestone I missed at 13? Like, is that even a topic you have at 13? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right?
0: Or was that, like, up to the, like, sex ed teacher at school? Yeah, like,
1: I was, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, did I miss something? Like, 13 yeah. is kind of young. Like, I don't remember having that conversation at 13, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like there are definitely things where I, You know they do come to me with and that was something it was two days ago it was two days Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um i definitely feel like i could have um maybe caught that a lot earlier i i didn't even realize and so sometimes as moms you don't realize that these are things they're talking about out there As teenage girls, maybe they had that conversation at like 10 and we just don't know about it because we're not with them. Let's face it, we're not with them Mm 24-7. They're at school, they're with their friends at cheering and whatnot. Maybe there is an ex-husband with a a stepmom that's imparting some of their cultures on them and their traditions. So it is really hard to do all of that. So I took it as like, all right, how can I guide her to see both sides of it,
0: you know? I think that's super valuable, like whether you are on the religious side or whether you are on the women's right side, whatever it is, I think like the biggest thing to glean from everything you just said is like when you're open to what they're saying, you can really hear where their heart is and figure out where like then what to do. It's not like that was wrong or this is how we're going to think or one way or the other. It's like, let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's really the open dialogue type of way that I do things with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's with my seven-year-old where she'll say to me, sometimes I feel left out. And I'm like, well, let tell me about that. How? When do you feel like that? Give me, tell me a time where you felt like you were left out, you know? Um, before, right before actually when we got on this podcast. Um, my four-year-old was about to go to school with her daddy. Her daddy was going to do the drop off. Normally I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she got a little upset and sad. And I said, what's wrong? Use your words and tell me what's wrong. So I know what to do to, f- to make you feel better. And she was like, I just want you to drop me off at school. And I said, but sometimes daddy feels left out and we have to give him a chance to drop you off too. And so she sort of felt like oh (laughs) you know so it was like it's it's sort of like that it's it's a little bit of a give and take and that's how I handle it um but definitely other parents can definitely have it more structured Mm -hmm. I'm not that great at structure when it comes to open dialogue I do the very best I can because I come from a very old world um type raising I guess you could say Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah what do you mean by that Um, my parents are from a different country. My mom is from Cuba and my father's from Bolivia. They were born and raised there and then came here in their twenties years later. And so when I was born here, um, they raised me with that old school Hispanic mantra. Um, I would say that it's more like a closed minded Mm -hmm. type way of raising children. Um, where you're, they don't, your feelings matter to a degree, but not so much as like, do what I tell you to do. (laughs) That's really what it is. (laughs) I mean, I hate to say it and throw my parents under the bus because I love my mom and I love my dad. They definitely gave me my work ethic. I will, I will give them credit where credit is due. Um, but it's not the same. It's very different
0: yeah for sure and you know that's how they were raised and that's what they knew and now you know differently and you're trying to teach your daughters differently you're- exactly so it's you know we're just all doing our best that's part of the realistic yeah. part of <laughs> yes 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 it's it's definitely a change and um It's
1: also hard to explain that to my, to my parents. I'll say that.
0: (laughs) You have a much bigger social media and like, like all encompassing presence than me. And sometimes I tiptoe around and I'm like, I don't want to offend anybody. (laughs) 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 You know what I find? Um, everyone,
1: you will, you will offend someone even if you don't want to, even if you don't mean to like, (laughs) you just have to take that in strides and be proud. Honestly, I'm going to say this. The best advice I ever got was like, be proud you offended someone, even though you didn't mean to, because that means that you're, you're making waves in the world that you want to make waves in.
0: Yes. You said it and you meant it and it affected somebody, whether they liked it or not, you, you <laughs> talked to somebody. Yes. Yes. So,
1: um, you know, like I, I put that open call out there for writers and, there were so many people that got so upset that i didn't put a pay scale out there and i was and for me it's like okay but did you go onto the website and send me a pitch <laughs> like <laughs> you need to send me a pitch first and if it's good then i will send you an offer <laughs> so it was it was like you know that's for me that's like, because for me when i send pitches out i don't like nope i all the writing sites i go on to even the big ones, they don't have a pay scale on there. You just have to, you know, wait to see if they send you even an offer. And some people don't even decline you or reject you. They just don't even respond. Oh my goodness. Like yes. So I was just um, I was like, well, at least I'm getting responses. <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> so that's that's what I should say to that. Just uh, be happy that people are hearing you and seeing you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: right. Right. So as you're going into that and You know, thinking about like offending people and, you know, what you stand for and showing up no matter what and knowing that your kids are going to see all of this stuff. How like everything that I see that you put out has kind of an underlying tone of humor. Like you're just like living your life and enjoying it. So how do you think humor factors into our story as mothers, your story, entrepreneurs, all of that? Where does humor play, play a part? Um, well, I'm,
1: I'm naturally a very goofy person at heart. Mm -hmm. Um, some people may not see that. Um, I get a lot of the, the B word terms because I have that RBF when I'm out in public, (laughs) I don't mean to have it, but I do. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I am very humorous and I, I tend to, I don't want to live my life like that. You know, I want to, I want to laugh. I want to enjoy life and life is stressful every day. It doesn't matter how hard I work to make it not stressful. There are things that just hit me left and right. Even when I plan for the best and sometimes I plan for the worst thinking that I have it all under control and then even worse things happen than that. So I just wanna to try to enjoy life and laugh at it. So I try to put all the goofiness I have into my articles, into my posts, and I want to make other people laugh. I love when other people laugh. And so I think that that helps people get through their days and, and motherhood, parenting, not like business ownership, they all have their moments where you just wanna like laugh, but we all forget to because it's so stressful. Mm-hmm. So that's why I try to inject as much humor as possible. Um, because I think we all deserve to laugh sometimes. I really do. I think it might make our days brighter.
0: I agree. (laughs) A life without laughing is dismal.
1: Yes, (laughs) yes, yes.
0: yes. yes. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So do you actually come up with all the, like the funny memes for your, your Instagram feed?
1: Yes, I do. But I cannot do it all by myself. So when I say that, I come up with like the sentences and the words and whatever, but I am inspired by watching my husband or by watching my kids, my dog. If, my, if I'm on the phone with my mom, And she says something, I will literally get off the phone with her. I'll be like, mom, I got to call you back. And then I will get onto the phone, get on Canva. And I will create the meme and then call her right back. (laughs) (laughs) Like Like the one, the one post I did about like where I've called her be like, Hey mom, I got to tell you something. Oh my God, you're not pregnant again. That was a real phone call (laughs) that I've had with her. (laughs) (laughs) You're
0: like, well, I'll tell you in a minute, mom. I'll call you right back. (laughs) Exactly. So, um,
1: that a lot of that stuff has actually happened in my life. like. <laughs> so I figured I might as well make people laugh
0: while it's happening. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I like how you just like tickled yourself right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just,
1: it's ridiculous. Like, um, All of this past week, I was feeling under the weather and fatigued. Um, And I was like, oh, my God, I hope it's not COVID. And my husband is like, "Okay, I'll take care of everything. And of course, in my own head, I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, you will. No problem. So I'm like, you know what, Kim, just give him the benefit of the doubt. It'll all be good. I go upstairs for a week. I sleep it off. I come back down and I find him in those stupid urban air socks. (laughs) the laundry hasn't been done for anybody in a week there's like 12 loads of laundry and that's a lot of laundry for a family of six (laughs) so that was an actual post too that I just had to put up there well
0: (laughs) he's just doing his best too
1: yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs)
0: Totally <laughs> so, well, know what you mean. <laughs> Not throwing my husband under the bus. It's okay.
1: Mine, mine loves it when I throw one in the bus. He laughs too. He's a he's a big goofster. He loves to laugh.
0: He's been in um, I looked up your podcast and like some of your videos and stuff, and he seems to be right there doing a lot of it with you. Yeah. Super important
1: to have a partner that supports you. It definitely is. He um he's actually gonna be on the upcoming podcast that we're gonna release in January. He's gonna be doing some of the spots with me. Um, Honestly, I don't think I could do this as well without his support, I will be honest, Mm -hmm. you know? That's awesome. Yeah, gotta give him that credit. I will say that, you know, this is my second marriage. So just hoping that this one is the one that works out. I hope so
0: too. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's cool. (laughs) That's cool. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and dive into your book. When you're strange, you self-published it. You're a writer. You wanted to leave a legacy. I looked it up. I think it's on Amazon too. That's, I think that's where I found it and it looks super interesting. So tell us about that. Tell listeners. Um, so that book is actually inspired
1: by my four-year-old. Um, she was born with a birth injury called brachial plexus. Um, it made her a little bit, a tiny little bit deformed, I should say in her left arm, a little bit shorter. She can't do the same things as every other child does. Um, it's not as bad as some other children with a disorder. Um, but she definitely can do certain things like, um, put her hand behind her hip or brush her own hair on the left side. When she gets older and it's time to put on a bra, she might not be able to put her bra on the right way. Um, So there are definitely some factors there that are at play. So one of the things she always talked about was that she didn't feel like she was like the other girls. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And she felt like she was different. She always knew. And so I was inspired to write that because of her. She felt so different and I wanted to make her feel better but I didn't know how to do it and there weren't many books out there on brachial plexus um there were some books about being different but nothing that really was fun and immersive and engaging um and then I took my seven-year-old to her first grade class and I saw all these kids really shy um they were all dressed different all dressed sort of like funny like some kids had mismatched socks and everybody was just doing their own thing. And, and it's sort of like La La Land. And it just reminded me of how my four-year-old was feeling. I was like, you know, this is kind of a fun idea to put her to, to, to create this book. Um, but then I just, you know, COVID hit and I was like, Oh my God, I, I can't even think about that. Um, and then one day I was listening to a song on my phone and it hit me. What I wanted to write. And I could just see the whole book flood into my head and the images I wanted to create and everything and so that's really how the book came about I put it all together I wrote it I think I wrote it in like one day put it away then pulled it out edited it again and then I was done I submitted it everywhere and by everywhere I mean to like every publisher out there but I didn't have a huge following back then and mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to publish it. I didn't even get rejection letters. I just got nothing. Nobody responded. Finally, I had two rejection letters that came in from somewhere in the UK who told me you need a bigger social media following. (sighs) Hence the reason Atomic Mommy came out. Yeah. So then I was like, well, you know what? If no one wants to publish it because of social media, I'll just self-publish it myself. I'll market it myself. I'll do whatever I have to do. So as a as a go-getter, as most of us moms are, we do things that we need to do when we feel like we need to do them. I did it and that's how it spawned. And here it is and there's the legacy. And I'm just, I'm A, shocked that I actually did it because I thought it would just be like, oh yeah, I'll write it, but I'll never actually Mm -hmm. you know, get it illustrated or even find the time to do it or B, put it out there for sale or even make a sale. I know that it's not, you know, like a thousand five-star reviews, but I have five, five, five-star reviews. That's a big deal for me because I haven't really pushed it that much. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's a great legacy for the kids and and for myself as well. So
0: I'm, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, that's an accomplishment. That's a huge accomplishment. I don't, I can't imagine how you even did that. Like someday I would <laughs> love to do, write a book too. And like, just thinking about that, I'm like, dang, you know, you, it's you a lot of traffic.
1: <laughs> it was a lot of work. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was totally worth it, though. It was really worth it. Um, and honestly, I think there are a lot of women who could also write children's picture books who have great stories to tell. And I am thinking about where I want my parenting site to go. And I'm considering pushing it in that direction and publishing other mom authors. Because moms have stories, they really do. Mm-hmm.
0: Stories that can be helpful for children, exactly. for other moms. Stories where you won't feel so alone if you know when you read it, and I, that's that's really cool. Yeah, I think it would be great. So that's really how it started. I, I mean, I'm just
1: so happy. Like you, you can tell. Like I'm, I love it. Like when these little cheeks go up, like <laughs> I'm just excited.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that is called. When you're strained, and you can find it on Amazon, and you can find it on your website, um mm-hmm. atomicmommy.com. Okay. All right. Well, as we we're wrapping up, what would be like your top piece of advice for listeners? Final thing, just summarize it. Give us what you got. I would say don't
1: be so hard on yourselves, ladies. You guys are awesome. Parents, not parents, it doesn't matter you guys are awesome. Give yourself a break. Be honest with yourself. Accept your flaws because your flaws can actually push you to the next level that you don't even see is there. That's
0: it. That's it. Yeah. Don't be so hard on yourselves. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here Kim and for everything you've shared. I hope that this is helpful for anyone who's listening to just maybe really think about like that open communication piece, finding the humor, finding, you know, the imperfection and just rolling with it and you knowing that we can always do better. We can always just keep moving forward and there's no like it's not a contest. You just keep going. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So where can we find you online just to make sure we have this down?
1: Okay. So my blog is, uh, www.atomicmommy.net. You can also find me on Instagram at atomicmommy. mommy. It's actually at atomic underscore mommy. Um, and then my book is on Amazon. Just search when you're strange by Kimberly Pangaro and that's pretty much it. Awesome. Thank you, Kristen. I really appreciate the time. Yeah. Thank you so much. We, it was wonderful. I appreciate it.